The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Due to holidays beyond our control, Schnibbly and Toth will return next week. In the meantime, please enjoy this encore episode. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. Hey, Lynn's cats uh, joining us for this episode. I love episodes when when cats with us. I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, Cat and I went to uh, hang out with my sister who was staying at a hotel. And uh, we went over for a, a few drinks, happy hour, and there was a group sitting right next to us. And uh, come to find out, they were a night away from heading out on a big family cruise together. And they were doing shots. Oh, boy. And, and they were getting silly. And after about two hours, one of them comes over and just goes, hey, what's up? You guys seem really cool. Uh, do you want to go on a cruise with us? They were like, and she was inviting us to go <laughs> on a cruise with them. Then I she imme- yes. she took Kat's phone and typed in her digits, and now they've been corresponding. <laughs> I have a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the foundation of a lifelong friendship. Yeah, It could be. You know? Yeah, I think so. It, never forget be. the night that I wandered up to my best friend Kat and put my phone number in her phone because I was rip-roaring drunk and going on a cruise the next day. <laughs> yeah. Her fella had come over earlier and just initiated a game of heads up with us. Yeah. And I was like, I love these people. These people are I great. I am down for what's happening right now. I want right to now. party with those dudes. So this is like in the in the hotel lobby bar? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. yeah. Those are fun places. I, I love I was, hotel lobby bars. Oh, you can find some amazing people there for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to take her phone number and uh, on my phone create a bogus uh, a bogus account for the cruise line that they're on and tell them they they got a free upgrade to a suite. <laughs> oh, JG. Yeah, you're a bad boy. Cat cat's rolling her eyes. I'm Get I'm messing one. with her with her new BFF. Don't do it. <clears throat> when your wife rolls your eyes, you know you've done something right. Yeah, that's true. That's is true. that is it really? 
Well, that's really. what we were always told in male class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was in junior high, ironically. It was. Enough. It was elective, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, it was, anyway. It was man- mandatory in my school. But. So military conscription. That's what I'm going to talk about. I'm all about... No, wait. I'm against... Well, I don't know. Tell me the story and I'll figure it out. I think it depends on, you know, what you're being, what war you're being conscripted for. Uh, I think it mili- depends on what age you are. Actually. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> At our age, no, not so much. Um, military conscription in the United States is more commonly referred to as the draft. And it's uh, been employed by the government in six different conflicts. The Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World Wars One and Two, the Korean War and the Vietnam War, most controversially i've never sure. heard the term <clears throat> conscription yeah oh, that's that's okay. the official term wow draft is kind of slang i oh, guess okay here's how old i am i remember when they would televise the draft for the vietnam war Ooh, yes yeah really they did that yeah 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 that seems like a terrible lottery show it, it, well that's what it was they would pull that's out exactly ping pong balls was. stop it they would it's it yeah. was weird it was and weird. they had oh, individual birthdays on them and yep. they would put him in a big hopper and, you know, then pull out. This one says March 21st. So if your birthday is March 21st, you are the first and therefore most likely to be drafted yeah. person we're putting. Oof. It was, yeah, That's it was terrible. It, in hindsight, it's like a, it's like something from an Orwellian. It's, it's like, like Hunger Games. It's like Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah. Well, active conscription in the U.S. ended in 1973, and that's when the U.S. Armed Forces moved to an all-volunteer military. But just so you know, conscription remains in place on a contingency basis. As needed. And I can't think of anybody I know that would uh, really welcome the idea of being, being drafted. And that, of course, doesn't just stand in the United States, but any country, especially where military conscription is still active, Countries like, say, Poland. It's still a thing in Poland. It is. So in Poland, their constitution states that, quote, it shall be the duty of every Polish citizen to defend the homeland and that any citizen whose religious convictions or moral principles do not allow them to perform military service may be obligated to perform substitute service. Okay. Appointments for military exercises from the reserve in Poland Poland may apply to persons between the ages of 18 and 55, but there are some exceptions. Up to 55? Up to 55. Wow. Wow. That's a large army. Oof. And this brings us to today's story. It involves a mercifully unnamed young Polish man uh, living in Wrocław. This young man fell within the window of acceptance of military conscript. He was within that age group. One sunny morning in the summer of 2009, he traped down to his mailbox to find inside, along with the regular bills and junk mail, a rather large, suspicious-looking envelope. And on further inspection, he determined that it was, in fact, from the Military Conscription Department of Poland. This isn't the way he wanted to start his day. Mm. No, no, no trip to the mailbox uh, should ever really end this way. In Poland, I don't why know why I keep, keep saying, saying I Poland. Don't know. In, <laughs> it's the land of Poles, so it's Poland. Poland. 
in Poland, when a man turns 18, he's required by law to allow the medical commission to determine his health eligibility to serve his country. So this is what this letter is saying. It's not that he's drafted, but that he has to go to his mandatory uh, medical exam at the medical commission and they will determine his health eligibility. As I mentioned, there were some ways to avoid being conscripted in Poland. There's the aforementioned grounds of moral or religious belief. In that case, you might be allowed to serve the country in another another capacity. Uh, But there are other ways to avoid the Polish draft. Similar to here in the U.S., if you're enrolled in higher education, maybe you're seeking a graduate or postgraduate degree, you can often be excluded. If you're the sole financial provider of a child, you can also be excluded. Again, that makes sense. If you suffer a serious handicap or, or or if you're ill, you can also be excluded. There are four categories that the medical commission will assign people being considered for conscription. There's an A classification. That means that you're in perfect health and there's no reason why you can't serve in the military. Then there's the D classification. That means you're able to serve, but only during wartime. And that may be like like you mentioned, Kat, like 55, some of the older people. In a, in a case of an emergency, okay. they can call up the older people. There's an E classification, which means you are completely unable to serve, whether it's wartime or not. And then there's the B ranking. The B ranking means that you are temporarily unable to pass the medical exam hmm. for reasons like you're recovering from an accident or an illness. Okay. So you can get a deferment, but you are expected to return uh, to have another review within 12 months. B candidates are given 12 months before they have to report back and be re-examined. Now, the hero of our story had no children. He was completely healthy. He was not in the process of pursuing higher education. So he knew that he would probably be very quickly assigned a classification. But after doing a little bit of research, he was determined to somehow qualify for the B category. And that would make him temporarily unable to pass the exam and give him another full 12 months to figure out what he was going to do. Maybe maybe he would go back to school. But this was the quickest, easiest way to get a little breathing room. Okay. <laughs> so, oh. he had walked back to his apartment and he was sitting there on the couch with his mail. And uh, he's reading his conscription notice and plotting what to do. And while he was sitting there trying to figure out a way to qualify for a B draft level, his kitty cat jumped up on the couch. This young man loved his cat, but his cat was like a lot of cats, a little bit moody. Sometimes he'd be playful and purr and roll about and let the man pat him, and other times, not so much. And this was one of those times. The cat was being a dick. So as... (laughs) As he was sitting there feeling depressed and downtrodden, he thought maybe patting his cat would make him feel better. But, you know, to add insult to injury, the cat wasn't in the mood for it and mauled the guy's hand. And he scratched him up pretty badly. It it actually drew blood. Wow. So this got the young man thinking, hey, maybe these scratches would qualify him for a category B deferment. His thought was, it was a pretty bad scratch. He would go to the hospital and maybe get stitches, and then the fact that he had stitches would allow him to get a deferment. (laughs) So he wraps his bloody hand in a dishcloth, and he goes to the emergency room to get stitches. 
Normally, if you go to an emergency room with wounds and they tell you, yeah, you don't need stitches, that's a good thing. But in his case, he was wildly disappointed. Yeah. They, no, they you t- don't understand. I really need stitches. <laughs> Please stitch me up. I'll pay you extra, even if I don't need them. <laughs> when they told him his scratches weren't serious enough for his stitches, they just cleaned him up and stuck a Band-Aid on his arm. Uh, he was extremely disappointed. This wasn't going to work when he reported to the medical exam. So... Let me guess. He had resolve. He wasn't the kind of guy that would just give up. I'm not going to listen to some ER doc tell me to buzz off. So he gets back to his apartment and he's pondering his dilemma. He started to work it out in his head. And I picture the thought process in his head going something like this. Okay, I know I can get a medical deferment if I've had an accident severe enough to get stitches. My cat scratched me up, but the wounds aren't severe enough. What to do? I know. I need a bigger cat. So so he wanders about his neighborhood looking for large stray cats. Oh, my God. Which cat does all the time anyway. That's true. Yeah, but that's a very different thing. Yeah. And though he did find a few cats that were bigger than his... They were all very loving, friendly cats who just wanted to rub against his pant leg and purr. And that was no good because he was pretty sure. Yeah, it won't get him a Class B medical military deferment for having excessive cat hair on your trousers. That's not going to (laughs) work. So where in the blazes could he find a bigger cat, but one that uh, didn't just want its belly scratched? It was then that the young man had a brainstorm. It kind of like just overcame him uh, that moment. When he realized that he, all he would have to do is go to the Vrautswath Zoo because they had a lion. Wow. Lindsay wow. just took his glasses off. He's rubbing his eyes. <laughs> now cat My is. Lord. Most My of Lord. us know that it just makes good sense to not provoke an animal into, uh, into attacking you, mm. even one that's in a cage. But apparently, this, this guy was absent the day that they, they taught that. So... One afternoon, this young man boldly walked into the zoo and made a beeline directly for the lion's cage. Oh, boy. Witnesses at the zoo said they were startled and yet amazed at what they saw. This man just kind of boldly striding up to the lion's cage. He reached inside the cage with his arm and started waving his hand and yelling at the large male lion. (laughs) Okay. Now, the lion didn't give a rat's ass. (laughs) Didn't even really take notice of the guy. I mean, you know, he's the king of cats, after all. And uh, who is (laughs) the small, small small foolish primate with Band-Aids on? That's not very intimidating. I picture the lion just kind of like lying there, lazily yawning. See what he did there? Lying there? Lying there, Ah. lazily yawning and looking at the guy with bewildered amusement. Um, Tail flipping back and forth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Witnesses said this went on for several minutes, though, with a lion just staring at him. (laughs) Well, not being the type to give up and not being the type to let yet another opportunity slip between his fingers, the guy upped his lion taunting game. (laughs) Okay. So when this giant majestic male lion got up and stretched and started wandering around the cage and he got close enough, the guy reached out and pulled on the lion's mane. (laughs) It was at this point the lion said, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) 
So, long story short, the man's plan to get a Class B military medical deferment did not work. He did not receive the coveted B deferment. He did, however, get the E classification. Now, if you remember, the E classification lists the person as being completely unable to serve even during a wartime. You see what happened was... What happened? So here's what happened. So what happened was... Tell us, JG, see, what, what happened? what had happened was... The lion was putting up with this guy's bullshit for several minutes <laughs> and decided that uh, after he the guy pulled the lion's mane, the lion decided that scratching the guy's arm wasn't enough to tip the scales of justice in the lion's favor. So using his powerful jaws in one quick motion, he bit the man's arm sort of off. Oh, boy. Okay. Now, this story was covered on Polish television news when the amputee sued his insurance company for failure to pay for his missing arm. Um, (laughs) The insurance company asserted that it, quote, does not cover the loss of a limb due to a bite of a provoked lion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Normally, I I don't side with insurance companies. (laughs) In this case, you got this time. I'm 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 saying they're right. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy got what he wanted pretty much. uh, No military service. But uh, now he's had to learn to tie his shoes with one hand. Wow. Gee, many Christmas. Don't be going to the zoo and taunting animals. Yeah. Don't taunt any animals, especially lions. Sharks, yeah. that's okay. They've got it coming to them. This yeah. show really is all about lessons. It's teachable moment after teachable moment. Yeah. For hundreds of years, families the world over have enjoyed going to zoos and seeing wild animals up close. It's been fun, it's been educational, and it's been entertaining. But now we realize that what made us so happy was not very nice to the animals in cages. What if you could have the best of both worlds? Introducing the Animal Free Zoo. Curious to see what an elephant looks like in real life? Wouldn't that be fun? No elephants here, thanks. But you can see the enclosure where they once played on the grass. They were huge! How about a real African lion? Yeah, those were the days, huh? But come stand next to the savanna-like area where real lions roamed just weeks before. Oh, you should have seen them. They were so majestic. Chat with our zoologists about the animals that used to live here. They have some amazing stories. You can see some photos on their phones, too. There's plenty of photo opportunities of trees and stuff everywhere you look. And of course, popcorn, hot dogs, and other zoo treats just like before. Just no animals. No animals were harmed the making of this commercial because weren't you listening there aren't any animals in the zoo tickets start at just $25 per person or a special $100 family pass for a family of four bring your family and friends and spend your day at the animal free zoo the animal free zoo just off interstate 4 in orlando when johan Rahl received the letter on christmas day 1776 he put it away to read later maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. 
Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. A uh, subscriber named Amber, I love, always loved that, that name. I had, a, I had a, a crush on a girl in college named Amber. Our road manager, when we do live Box of Oddities shows, and, and friend of our, our, our um, families as well, is named Amber, and she's from Maine, and so we call her Amber. 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 Cute. I yeah. get it. Amber says, hey, I'm a somewhat new listener named Amber. I thoroughly enjoy the show. To put it lightly, I've been catching up by listening to past episodes completely at random. After hearing a few things that brought up some shallow end memories, I felt the need to finally signal the lifeguard. I've been <laughs> contemplating making a recording of myself telling these stories, but I just ache to hear one of you guys narrate it because I know you guys will make it funnier. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. about that. So you were doing an episode where you were talking about field sobriety tests, possibly sexy, and how some may be difficult even when not under the influence. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how much I can relate. Actually, I can. I'm ashamed to say that I got pulled over for a DUI a little over a decade ago. I was in my mid-20s, and I naively thought that I had a chance of passing the field sobriety test. I did pass the first one and then hastily failed the next. <laughs> Long story short, upon reviewing the police dash cam footage with my lawyer, I quickly realized I shouldn't have even bothered paying for a lawyer. Apparently... While I attempted to stand on one foot with the other raised, I very clearly said, I couldn't even do this sober. <laughs> not only that, I, <laughs> not oh only that, I refused the breathalyzer because, quote, my daddy told me not to blow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. My. Which was also heard in the recording while I was in the back of the police car. Not my proudest moment. Uh -huh. The other story that sparked a memory had to do with cops and donuts. I was 18 and working the graveyard shift at a popular convenience store chain. Around midnight or so, we had to throw away all the donuts and pasties from that day to make room for the fresh. I hated throwing away things that were still technically good. Although, don't ask me because I was known for eating a Subway sandwich that had been in my purse for more than a day. <laughs> anyway, I started trying to give things away to anyone who came in. It just so happened that an off-duty sheriff was the next person to walk in. I immediately looked up and yelled, you want a donut? Oh, he didn't no. look as excited as I thought he would. It wasn't until after he left that my coworker burst out in laughter and had to explain to me <laughs> what I somehow didn't realize at the time. I absolutely love this podcast. I tell people about it so often that it might seem weird. Thank you for existing. Oh, and I just have to say how much I love both of your names and also cat, period. I love cat, period. <laughs> Ridiculously yours, Amber. Thank you, Amber. Amber. Well, great, great stories. I think uh, a wise person once, once said, uh, all the cops in the donut shops go way-o, way-o. Oh. Yeah. Truer words. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? <laughs> you get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast. 
Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Katie. And we're the hosts of Queen's Podcast. Join us while we spill the tea on women from history. We get into all kinds of stories here, like biographies of lesser-known figures. For instance, Saida Haltura, powerful pirate queen. To the stories you might already know, like Marie Antoinette or Cleopatra, but with a fun twist. Each queen is paired with a cocktail that'll totally get you in the mood to hear fun, juicy, and dramatic stories from history. Because history is so much more than just dudes on a battlefield, and we believe that the female perspective and roles are just as deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Are you interested in the parts of history that remain a mystery? Do you want to learn more about the historical myths and misconceptions used to prop up false belief today? I'm Nathaniel Lloyd. In my podcast, Historical Blindness, I delve into all of these topics, sharing puzzling tales from the past and examining hoaxes, conspiracy theories, and misremembered events that provide insight into modern politics and religion. Find out what's real and what's not when it comes to famous conspiracy theories, like those surrounding notorious assassinations and secret societies. Discover the weak and deceptive underpinnings of modern political ideologies and religious beliefs. Join me as I attempt to shed some light on our historical blind spots. New episodes every two weeks. Find historical blindness on most podcast players and platforms. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Toth. All right, buddy. You got a story for us? Do I ever. So this is episode number 42. And as I was saying to both of you before we started recording, I think this may be the single best story I have found in the... How many uh, decades have we been doing this podcast now? Uh, 14 decades. 14 decades, Right after years? the Civil War mm-hmm. ended. I think it was the uh, Crimean War, actually. Remember, remember the, the first episode we did at the Appomattox Courthouse? <laughs> That's right. Remember that? I forgot that. That was hot that day. Hot <laughs> oh, and humid. So hot. And we everybody was wool, so cranky. Those woolen uniforms on. And, yeah. Oh. Smelled like perspiration and fried chicken. Fried chicken. You're going to... Um, you going to tell your story? Or? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Ken. They say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and one Pennsylvania couple insists that their unusual romance is proof of that. Through infidelity, a murder-for-hire plot, and even a prison sentence, mm-hmm. Tony and Francis Toto have been married for 57 years. Holy crap. Isn't that amazing? Tony says, we've been blessed that we had uh, been together all these years. There was that one time when we went through some rough times. He's referring to those rough times that almost left Tony dead. <laughs> Let's go back to 1983. The couple had four children and they owned a pizza shop in Allentown, Pennsylvania. But unfortunately, Tony admits that he ended up having an affair. And Francis found out about it. Tony was cheating on her by his own admission pretty much around the clock. In fact, women were even starting to call his house. To which Francis later explained, quote, a body can only take so much. (laughs) Close quote. So naturally, she did what most women would do. She hired a couple of teenager hitmen to murder her husband. Of course. 
that's that some would say that's a that's a pretty big jump but yeah uh, you know yeah I don't that's know. It seems that's reasonable. quite a that's right? quite an escalation but that at the same outrageous. time Teenagers? you can understand teenagers yeah you can't yeah. trust them no they no. won't do the job right cat's you know. right you need to hire a pro now, in retrospect, Frances herself says, yeah, I don't think I was thinking straight. It was sort of like a love-hate kind of a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Hitman tried to kill Tony a total of five times, including a failed attempt to blow up his car. The uh-huh. bomb didn't go off. Right. Once tried to attack him with a baseball bat, Tony just chased the assailant away. <laughs> so Francis hired two amateur hitmen for $500. And the mission was simple. Put a bullet in Tony's chest. Now, what she ended up doing before the, the hit was she put sleeping pills, barbitu- barbiturates, in his chicken soup. <laughs> And so much going on here. I know, I know. Yeah. So doctors actually later speculated that this chicken soup laced with sleeping pills actually saved Tony's life by lowering, slowing his metabolism Mm -hmm. Ah. and slowing the bleeding from the gunshot wound. Wow. That was the gunshot wound that just passed through his chest. So by the teenage it, hit it, and she paid five hundred dollars for that. Let that be a lesson to you. You get what you pay for mm. yeah, when you, when yeah, you hire exactly. a hitman, and you need to make sure that you pay afterward, not beforehand. Because, yes, exactly. Or make an installment arrangement. Exactly. Yeah, pay over time. the The bullet passed through his chest, and in a miscalculation that actually spared Tony's life, the real would be killers. <laughs> recited the Pledge of Allegiance to each other (laughs) at Tony's bedside in an effort to remember on which side of the chest their heart was located. (laughs) And they got it wrong. They thought the heart was in the right side of the chest, Uh so they Uh fired this shot there. Oh, good Lord. And it missed his heart by an inch, but uh, again, not not real bright, not real bright hitmen. Another of uh, the wife's friends tried to help her out by sh- by shooting Tony in the head. Oh no! But, wow, this poor guy. But he didn't die. Good lord! <laughs> he lay in bed unattended for four days with these two bullets in him. Oh, my gosh. And he says he really didn't feel anything and that he believed Francis when she said, well, you probably just have the flu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So here, Here, five days. Drink this chicken soup. You'll feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Tony spent a total of 12 days in the hospital while the bullet was lodged in his head. And in fact, they deemed that inoperable. So to this day, he still has that bullet in his oh head, but God. he did recover. Now, five days after this, police discovered the plot and they arrested Francis and the hitmen. Now, the, the first thing that Tony did when he got out of the hospital was to go to the jail and bail out his wife, Francis. Aww. What? Yeah. 
Isn't well, that sweet? That is one forgiving son of a gun. He says, we both cried and we said to each other, from now on, let's just talk. Let's communicate better. <laughs> Something we should have done before. Yeah. We realized right. that's what was missing in our marriage. Now, the couple says that that tearful moment was a new beginning for their relationship. And they actually went to counseling to help them get back on track in their marriage. Tony Amazing. says, did, did I forgive her? Yes. Nothing happened to me. I was okay. And I said, just don't do it again. Take it easy, Francis. <laughs> but Francis, Francis still had to face the consequences of her actions. And she was actually sentenced to four years in prison. During those four years, Tony and Francis talked on the phone every single day. Wow. And that's sweet. And he wasn't out, and like, diddling the neighbors or anything while she was apparently in, not. in he, the pokey? He had turned over in a new leaf. I think getting shot in the head and the chest and chased with baseball bats mm. and eating poisoned soup might, <laughs> might reboot a man's way of thinking. <laughs> so then a silver lining, actually, in this whole thing appeared. Mm. Francis is now out of prison. It's 1990, and the story gets the attention of Hollywood, and it was actually turned into a feature film. TriStar Pictures released the film in 1990. It was called I Love You to Death, <sighs> and it starred Kevin Klein and Tracy Ullman as the married couple, Joan Plowright, River Phoenix, William Hurt, and a young Keanu Reeves, and wow. it actually turned Tony and Francis into celebrities. I have to assume that with that cast, it was kind of like, a dark comedy? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, okay. But it turned them into celebrities, and from there, they got to travel the world. They went to different premieres in different cities. They were featured in in hundreds of articles and news stories. They were on, you know, talk shows like The Tonight Show and, and uh, Joan Rivers' show. And Tony said at the time, the movie is great. It's fantastic. We love it. And it's a message for everybody. Crime doesn't pay, and cheating doesn't pay either. <laughs> In their home, Tony created a gallery of all the press that their romance and their story received as proof that, as one of the headlines states, love can conquer all. Francis, to judge at least from the movie, never thought to confront Tony about his infidelity before leaping to her radical solution of having him <laughs> offed by hitmen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when a reporter said, did, she, did you ever discuss this with Tony? And she said, well, I would try to. And then Tony would, would interject, yeah, she tried a little bit, but I was just like, ah, don't bother. And then I would make up some, some excuse and she just gave up. So 40 years after all of this, things are much quieter for Tony and Francis. They say they're no, that they know their situation's one in a million and that not everyone will agree with or understand <laughs> it. And I, I got to say, when I first read this, I thought, I don't know if I could forgive somebody for having me shot in the head and the chest. No, that would be a, that would be a steep climb for me, too. Mine but, would be uh, more of the infidelity. Really, that would yeah. be it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. I get it. That <laughs> Take a bullet sense. in the head, but don't mess around. Right? Yeah, because yeah. okay. that's serious. Yeah. So while they stopped speaking publicly about what happened a long time ago, they do say that they wanted to share their story as an example, although an extreme one, of the importance 
of communication in marriage. And Tony summed it up by saying, if we could help one or two families with our story, then everything has been totally worth it. Wow. That's an incredible story. An incredible story. God bless Tony and Francis. What a great attitude. uh, The WKRC website and the Los Angeles Times. Tony and Francis. And it made me want to go find the movie I Love You to Death because who doesn't love Kevin Klein and Tracy Ullman? Mm. Oh, certainly. And uh, and watch it. Came out in 1990 as a uh, as exactly as Cat described it, a dark comedy. I guess we know what we'll be watching tonight. I guess yeah. I think we all know what all of us are going to be watching tonight. She's googling it. <gasps> watch as we party. Speak. Yeah, let's have a watch party. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Whenever we do do our Zoom cocktails, we come up with a list of four or five movies that we all say, we should watch this together. So if we did a Zoom and did a share screen, could we pipe in Netflix as a third a third screen? Anybody know? Well, I know you can do watch parties on uh, Prime. Yeah, I'm sure you can. There's got to be a way you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Love you to death. Love you too, Linz. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. Lifeguard, shallowendpodcast.com. Send us your your emails. Send us your stories. We love hearing the stories, whether they're text form or whether they're recorded. But if you can record it, we prefer to hear it in your own voice. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy schmancy recording studio. Just on on your phone works just fine. Just remember to hold that little microphone at the bottom of the phone up to your mouth. That's a pro tip, by the way. (laughs) Follow us for more. Uh, We'll see you next time, you guys. Um, As always, make good choices. Your life might depend on it. Just ask Tony and Francis. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, you gotta go. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.